there. Welcome to Football with Grant Wall. Thanks so much for joining me. Today's interview guest is John Orand, a terrific media reporter for the Sports Business Journal, who joins me for a really interesting discussion on the soccer television rights landscape in the United States. We've had some great guests lately, including Soccer Girl Problems, Leonid Slutsky, and Ted Lasso's Jason Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt. I also encourage you to listen to my new podcast series, American Prodigy, The Freddie Adu Story. All seven main episodes are out, and you can binge all of them to your heart's content. Now, here's my interview with John Oran. We're going to talk today about the ever-changing world of soccer television rights in the United States. Our guest is John Oran, who's a longtime media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. You can find him on Twitter at Orand underscore SBJ. That's O-U-R-A-N-D underscore SBJ. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, Grant. Thanks for having me. This is a, a, a special treat to be on your, your soccer pod, man. I couldn't let Richard Deitch take uh, take you too often without getting you on my show. I enjoy listening to you on, on, on his podcast as well, talking about sports media rights. And we're a soccer podcast, so we're going to focus on soccer today. But you've done some really good reporting for a long time now, um, you know, covering soccer rights uh, here in the U.S. And I want to start with something that's actually in the news right now that's been kind of a story all season with the English Premier League. NBC just announced that on January 17th, uh, the game of the season so far, Liverpool, Manchester United, first place and second place, will be broadcast exclusively on Peacock Premium, their new paid streaming service, and not on NBCSN Cable or free-to-air Big NBC. A lot of my followers on Twitter are angry, saying we're already paying for Premier League games on cable. Now you're making us pay again for Peacock Premium. Can you explain to everyone what's going on? What's going on here? What's happening? So th this is a this is an old media trick uh, that it, I'll go back to 1992, I think, when ESPN was launching ESPN Two. And uh, cable operators were t told, e told the ESPN at the time, we have no interest in carrying ESPN2. So they ended up taking Duke, Carolina, NCAA basketball and put it on ESPN2 and uh, essentially forced a whole bunch of uh, cable operators to, ca to carry it because people wanted that's a game people wanted to see. It was a marquee game. And so you would think, like, why wouldn't you want it to put it in front of the, the, the widest audience, which is a very consumer-friendly thing to do. But in terms of business, if you're NBC, you have this high-profile game and you're trying to drive uh, subscribers to how, frankly, we're going to be watching soccer and a lot of sports uh, over the next you know 10 years, which is to, to a streaming service. And so you take a high-profile game, you put it on the streaming service, and people are going to grumble People are going to hate it. A lot of people are going to say, like, we're not going to we're, we're not going to pay for it. But they're going to they're going to see my prediction is, is a pretty easy prediction. They're going to see a pretty big increase in terms of the number of, of paid subscribers to that, which is going to you know, inform how they make that decision going forward. Now, as a U.S. soccer watcher, I've now accepted that a lot of the top soccer leagues are going to require me to pay for streaming services. But. One question I have is this. 
at least with CBS, for example, and the UEFA Champions League, I pay my fee for the CBS All Access streaming service, less than 10 bucks a month, and I get every Champions League game live. I don't need to pay for a YouTube TV or a comparable streaming service as a cord cutter at all at this point to see Champions League games live. Why doesn't NBC offer a tier of Peacock that would have every Premier League game live for cord cutters like me so that we don't have to pay a lot for like a, a YouTube TV type service? I suspect that's what, what you're going to eventually see at, at, at some point. I think one of the big problems is is that uh, NBC pays a lot for these rights. I don't have the, the number right right off the top of my head. And, you know, so- soccer is um, unique in that it's hard to – you can't sell advertising through it. There, there aren't these steady breaks, as, as everybody that listens to this pod knows. So they're looking for, for ways to pay for the uh, – you know, f- for these rights. So if they have the games on um, – on uh, and NBCSN, NBC Sports Network, you know, the cable operators pay for that in order to, um, uh, they, they need some sort of exclusivity uh, for it. And so if, if cable operators are going to pay for it and you can still get it on, on you know, uh, Peacock and you don't need the cable operator, all of a sudden, like, they're, they're, they're not going to pay as much for NBC Sports Network. And so it's, it, right now, NBC and even ESPN at, you know, they're, they're at this weird dichotomy and it's going to shake out eventually, but it's not shaken out yet where they still have a cable system that's an antiquated cable system that's based off 1990s, like I said, with ESPN2 story. And they're all moving to, to streaming and, 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 and they're sort of caught in the middle right now. So it's a really frustrating time to be a consumer, especially if you're, if you're a, a soccer fan, how many different streaming services, you know, can you get? Um, but it's, it, it, it's something that certainly is going to be shaking out eventually. Now, you wrote recently that you expected NBC will renew the rights to the Premier League again when they're the current deal is up after next season. Why do you think that's the case? Um, uh, well, well, everybody I talk to, uh, I, I want to ask you a question, but I'm going to do, do it as a preamble, uh, Grant. Everybody I talk to says that the uh, Premier League is in love with NBC. They just like the way that NBC has, has really uh, helped build the lead in, in, in the U.S. They like how every game is available uh, at, at some point uh, in, in the U.S., and they just like the uh, they, they, they like how they're treated by NBC. Essentially, the Premier League has always done three year deals with every U.S. broadcaster. Well, the most recent one they did with NBC was for more than three years. So, so it, it, it shows that the EPL really does like NBC. And conversely, all my sources at NBC, they love the English Premier League. I mean, there's there's something about um Soccer fans, in, in in particular, and especially with the, with the EPL, that the the type of of sports programming that really works is if you have really really avid fans, and and EPL has really really avid fans, and they have the type of fans that if uh, my cable operator doesn't doesn't carry uh, NBC Sports Network you know, they're going to drop that cable operator and get the one that, that, that does carry it. And, and so that's uh, NASCAR in the South is similar. The NFL all over the place is similar. I think the SEC, if you remember when the SEC network launched, it, uh, no 
no cable or satellite company in the South could go without, you know, Alabama playing, you know, whoever on SEC network. And so that's uh, that NBC loves the EPL as well. And so everything that I'm hearing suggests that, you know, they, they like each other. I think you have ESPN that would love to come in and get it. Uh, I'm not so sure about Fox. I don't care. Fox has the sort of the real estate. They don't have that streaming service that, you know, ESPN has or, or, or that, uh, um, NBC has C- CBS appears to be taking more of a, a of a step into it. I'm sure they would like to have it. Uh, so so it's it's not a hundred percent, but I would be really surprised if uh, if NBC and, and the EPL don't renew. Uh, but I wanted to turn that to you. Is everything that that I'm hearing the same th- things that you're hearing? I mean, the soccer fans are. The, do, do they love how NBC is doing it compared to ESPN before? It's they think it's been better. They think. The general consensus in the soccer community is that NBC over the years now, and it's been a while that they've had the Premier League, is that they've done a better job than the folks before Fox, ESPN, um, and the studio shows have been good. Having Arlo White and his colleagues on the ground for games in England shows a real commitment to it. Uh, Pierre Moussa... I don't know if ordinary soccer fans know who he is, but the main producer has has had a really good approach to to how NBC has has done Premier League. You know, recently, very recently, there's been maybe in some quarters, um, I think there was some unhappiness that Kyle Martino left the studio show. But, you know, overall, I don't think there's real complaints about NBC and their presentation. There's been a lot of complaints about Peacock this year. And that does make me wonder how how the Premier League, and I haven't asked them this question, how do they feel that Liverpool Man United, their game of the year, is being pushed to digital only, a pay streaming service, as opposed to being on big NBC? Because I, I do know that... I feel like we're still an immature soccer market, the United States, and there's a lot more fans, millions of fans, hopefully, to be created. And I think that becomes harder when you when you put more barriers, paywalls up to to the biggest games. But I also know you got to make money. So if if I'm advising uh, the EPL on this, uh, you know, they would either go to NBC broadcast to to get the widest possible. Uh, uh, audience out there to taste it and possibly, you know, come in and, and, or, uh, I would tell them go to, go to Peacock, go to the, go, go, and, and what you want to do is you want to build up Peacock so that the next round of rights, all of a sudden you have this new, uh, you have a lot more money potentially coming in from NBC because they're able to monetize it a, a little bit better. And and there's you either chase the money or you chase the audience and and you hope that if you chase the money the audience follows you know or you hope that if you chase the, the audience the mo- the money follows but the, those are the clearly the the two areas and from everything I, I I'm told that you know the EPL is you know plenty happy trying to do what you're seeing the it's not just the EPL you're seeing the NFL do that with Amazon you know all these sort of exclusive Amazon had an exclusive NFL game they have uh, Thursday night football games. This is all the NFL's attempt to get Amazon sort of to sample NFL programming and then come with their big, deep, you know, tech pockets to uh, to bid on games. Interesting. We mentioned CBS and I wanted to ask you, 
In the past year, CBS Sports has become a major player on the soccer rights scene here in the U.S. by buying the UEFA rights for Champions League and Europa League. They also bought the rights for the Women's League, the NWSL. Do you think CBS will pursue more soccer rights moving forward? Oh, yeah, I think that, that that's definitely set up. I got to say that Champions League deal is probably in my, you know, decade plus of covering this stuff, that the most surprising deal. Like, I, I just, the CBS had never been part of the, the soccer talk. They've never been, you know, they, they, they have their longtime partners. You know, they've been with the Masters since the 50s, I think. They've been with the NFL since, you know, the, the late 50s. You know, they, they have longtime partners and they stick with them. And this is really uh, the merge that they've had with uh, Viacom. Uh, and and uh, they're trying to get, um, I guess it's called Paramount Plus now, uh, CBS Sports All Access that's, right. um, uh, th- that's out there, the streaming service. They're trying to, to push that out. They have those those two soccer properties that, that you mentioned. And there are a lot of soccer properties out there and they want to they, they they're in they're in now. They, they've uh, uh, I didn't watch, but I saw on Twitter. And I think I've read from you their studio show around the Champions League was a. Uh, what was really highly praised um, oh, yeah, it was good. Uh, out there. And so they're, they're, that, that matters because they're getting, you know, the, the pats on the back for what they do and, and how they present coverage. And so that, that, that will cause them undoubtedly to get out there. And one of the big problems that they're going to have is that, you know, those international soccer rights is, you know, sort of what ESPN plus it's what Disney is trying to do with ESPN plus. So you could see, you know, international soccer, which, Generally, it doesn't get huge ratings, but it has, again, those avid fans that, that, that come out. And you, I could easily see, you know, little bidding wars set up internationally for, the, for those rights. Do you ever want to watch Spain's La Liga or the Copa Libertadores and get frustrated because they're not available on your cable system? You should try a streaming service I use that I love. It's called Fanatis with a Z. And you can watch all the action from La Liga, Libertadores, and other international leagues and tournaments live and on demand from your favorite device, whether it's a mobile phone, tablet, or directly on your TV with the Fanatis app. You can also watch the top leagues from France, Brazil, and Argentina. Fanatis features channels you know, like BN Sports in English and Spanish, Gold TV, and many more and it costs as little as $7.99 a month. If you'd like to try Fanatis for yourself, you can get a free week-long trial by clicking on the link in the episode description or going to fntz.co slash grant fz. One more time, that's fntz.co slash grant fz. Thank you very much to Fanatis for sponsoring this episode. Fanatis, the world's largest stadium. It's interesting. ESPN Plus now has a bunch of soccer leagues, German Bundesliga, Italian Serie A. Um, uh, They have the MLS out-of-market games. They've really built uh, a lot of uh, properties over there in the soccer space at ESPN Plus. Uh, One area, one network that has gotten fewer rights, has lost soccer rights recently, is Fox Sports. And they've lost UEFA Champions League. They've lost the Bundesliga. They've lost the FA Cup, uh, among others. Several years earlier, they lost the Premier League. But Fox does retain sort of the crown jewel, which is the men's and women's FIFA World Cup rights all the way through 2026, which is obviously here 
in the United States and Mexico and Canada, which should get some just monster ratings, I would think. Uh, but my, my question for you is, as Fox has lost rights, we saw Fox give up the U.S. Open golf rights a few months ago ahead of schedule. And that was a situation where they didn't have many other golf rights. And this was one of the few things they had. They, they gave it up. Do you think Fox will keep its World Cup rights from 2022 to 26? I think that it's uh, close to 100% that they're going to keep those rights. I think that the, the, the World Cup uh, is, is so different than the, the, the U.S. Open to them. Uh, uh, the, the World Cup is, you know, in, in order to pr- produce a, so- a, a, a soccer match, you know, you have uh, you have one field and you train a camera and, and, uh, and, and you follow the play on the on the field in order to produce a, a golf match. It's all over 18 holes. Uh, it, it's very hard to follow. And, and you have one of the reasons that uh, NBC's golf uh, telecast and CBS's golf telecast are so good is because they have a run up to the majors like they're they're producing golf every single week. It's not easy to produce golf. It's a lot easier to produce uh, soccer. And it's much easier to produce World Cup soccer when you rely on an inter- international feed, uh, which, uh, w- w- which they do as well. One of the things about, uh, about Fox and, and the World Cup is that, um, first of all, they, they got the, the, the rights that they got for the World Cup. They f- first did the deal in, in 2011, uh, and then they, they, they renewed it uh, for the, the, the 2026 uh, uh, World Cup as well. They renewed that uh, you know, a few years ago. They got these rights for a song. I mean, these rights, compared to the way uh, sports rights have gone, uh, you know, they, they really, this is a great, great deal for Fox. Um, and if you're running a broadcast television um, station or a network, the World Cup is big event programming, and they want big event programming. And if the 2026 World Cup is in the uh, the U.S., it's going to be, I guess, U.S., Canada, Mexico. You know, there uh, that's one that uh, they will they will not give up. I, I, I can't see that happening. I mean, it's a sort of fascinating story on how Fox got the 2026 rights because that was long after they first got the World Cup rights through 2022. And essentially what happened, and this was before we knew that 26 was going to be in North America, but FIFA, after Fox had bought the rights for 22, moved the tournament from June, July to November, December due to the heat in 2022. And everything I understand is that Fox basically contacted FIFA and said, that's a big problem for us because our audiences won't be as big for the World Cup in November, December, as opposed to the summer. And, you know, we might sue you. And so FIFA ends up giving Fox the 2026 rights below market. And there's no bidding process for it. And this was the case for the Spanish language rights, too, in the U.S. Um, like, what do you know about sort of the industry viewpoint of how that worked out with Fox getting the rights for 2026, which obviously eventually turned out to be a North America World Cup, which is even better for ratings? Well, you're right. So, so uh, the 2022 one, like uh, what a shocker. It's going to be too hot. And, uh, <laughs> and I never know how to say it. Is it Qatar or Qatar? What, what, what's, what's proper? I say Qatar. 
Um, I don't speak Arabic. I've asked people when I visited Qatar and the general response was it's, it's like a guttural Qatar. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't even say it the Wolf Blitzer way, but Qatar isn't actually correct either. Uh -huh. So Qatar, they, they, they seem to be okay with. All right, we're going to stick with with Qatar, but <laughs> but uh, you know it's too hot in the summer over there. The, the, you know the the, the, the the utter shocker, uh, yeah. and so they moved it into the middle of uh, you know football season. And Fox is like F Fox is big on college football. They're big on the NFL, and uh, that that's more than just schedule. You know, think about sort of ad sales as well. I mean, there there are only so many so many spots that they can sell sponsors to, to get in there. The World Cup owned the summer. That that that's an easy sell. Now now this World Cup going up against college football, the NFL, and not just on Fox, but all over the place. So it's uh, I I I think Fox was legitimately uh, uh angry over that move. Um, I think they understood it, but I think they were legitimately angry. I do know that I I don't know much. I haven't done as much reporting on on what happened. I mean, I've I've read the stories that 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 you've read and and uh, heard, heard the things that that you've heard. I do know that um, the FIFA gave it to to Fox on a sort of no bid contract, and I know that uh, John Skipper, who's a huge soccer fan, was uh, heading up ESPN at the time, and he was he was so angry that Fox uh, in 2011 kind of swooped in and surprised him with with a bid to to take the World Cup rights from from ESPN because that that had been ESPN's you know. Uh, um, they, they ESPN felt like they helped grow that tournament in the U.S. Sure. Uh, they 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 really did. I thought beautiful. Jed York did some beautiful uh, pr productions from uh, you know South Africa when when they had it over there, and um, and John bid uh, John Skipper couldn't wait to rebid and he was going to outbid Fox, especially and 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 you know get the World Cup back, and then all of a sudden like FIFA was like, oh yeah, you know they they kind of announced. I think he heard about it when we heard about it on a on a press release, like and it's uh he was he was so upset by that, you know there was certainly going to be a bidding war, those prices and especially for a U.S. World Cup, the prices that uh, that Fox got it for, you know again there's no way Fox will give that up, you know uh, willingly. Because they got it for a song, and it's going to be it's going to get great ratings when when it happens. It is incredible just how the decision to give Qatar the World Cup all the way back in 2010 by FIFA has continued to have so many impacts. So many years later, from uh, from what we've been talking about here, uh, where FIFA is leaving a lot of money on the table due to this decision to have the, have the World Cup in Qatar and then have to move it and deal with the impact of that. Uh, another huge impact of that World Cup going to Qatar and then the one before it to Russia, that decision was the, the U.S. governmental investigation into soccer corruption in FIFA, in the uh, confederations, especially in, in South America, but also Chuck Blazer up here in CONCACAF. And it's, it just had such an immense impact on the sport and even today, and I don't think this gets a ton of coverage, we still have a case brought by the U.S. where a former Fox Sports executive named Hernan Lopez, who more recently has been the CEO of Wondery, the podcast company, has been indicted last year by the U.S. government for allegedly bribing South American soccer officials to help get Fox the U.S. World Cup rights 
for the world uh, for t- for television. Now Lopez has pleaded not guilty. Could that have any impact on things in like what, whatever happens here in the court system? I I haven't followed that closely, Grant. I, I find it hard to believe that there would be that that the rights would would all of a sudden come up for bid like just uh, out of thin air. Uh, and what I do know about Lopez is I believe he was a not, he wasn't uh, a, so the the uh, complaint is about the U.S. rights, but he wasn't associated really with Fox Sports U.S. He was a Fox Sports Latin America True. Uh, executive. So there 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 is that you know uh, degree of separation there that uh, it is an interesting. I don't know if that one. matters. <laughs> I don't yeah, know if that no, because like until that that indictment came out last year, all of the the other previous stuff had been about connected to Fox Sports had been about their Latin America stuff. And then suddenly came this connection to the U.S. World Cup rights. And the government really hasn't shown its cards yet on on why it's why it, it, it indicted him on this as well. So I'm curious to see if we if we do learn more. Um, I also want to ask you, we had Don Garber, the MLS commissioner on the show recently here. We asked him about the next MLS rights deal, which starts in 2023. And he talked about how, you know, not just the national MLS rights and but also the, all the local MLS deals will end at the same time. What do you see happening with bids for MLS rights? And do you think companies like Amazon, Apple and others could potentially get involved? Right now, the, the MLS rights could go one of two ways. One is as a television product right now, uh, the ratings are so small uh, they, they, I, I think, what was the number? I, I think ESPN and Fox is that. It was, I think it was like six hundred million for eight years. Uh, it was ninety million a year. So um, ESPN, Fox, and Univision. Um, and so, yeah, ninety million, ninety million a year is a lot of money for the amount of viewers that that they're getting for for, uh, for that. Um, uh, and so, right now, you have. Uh, cord cutting. You have you know layoffs at, at media companies. You have you know uh, ad sales that, that have taken a big hit in the sports divisions at, at media companies. Uh, so so you uh, the uh, area that I'm covering is is seeing a lot of um, uh, of there, there, there's not a lot of growth right there right now, and and they could be looking to cut costs, and and that that's a deal. That's that's one that uh, even at the time people thought that uh, Fox and ESPN overpaid, and and the ratings haven't really uh, caught up to it. Um, what what MLS has going for it is that uh, they they always say it's separate, but it, it's always tied in uh, the U.S. Men's National Team uh, qualifying games uh, for, uh, for 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 the World Cup. And if there's going to be a U.S. World Cup, like you know, like the, the, these are games that are especially going to matter, uh, and they're game, they're games that ma- that'll matter even for the Qatar World Cup as well, I think as, as well. Um, so the, that's something that that helps drive up the value of, of these. Um, the uh, I think having the local rights um, come in, I think that uh, that's going to be helpful in terms of just like. Create, creating new and different packages. Um, I, I know locally the ratings in, in most local markets still aren't aren't that great, but but it, it certainly can help uh, in, in terms of that. And and then 
uh, and this is really real. There's uh, uh, Skipper's out at ESPN. He's been replaced by Pitar, who's less of a soccer fan. However, you know the, the people that are overseeing the net uh, the sports networks. Uh, they want soccer to do well. They they have a soft spot for soccer. I think that they they everybody feels that soccer and and uh, and MLS at some point is going to you know be, be in the same uh, uh, conversation as you know the, the NBA or or MLB and you know it's it's not there yet and they they think it's going to be there and they want to be a part of that. They 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 want to help build that. And I don't know how much. I, I, I'm trying to figure out right now how much all of those sort of competing uh, parts are going to inform the bidding process. But I, I would think if, if if Fox has the World Cup in 2026 and 2022 and they can uh, get access to the uh, U.S. men's national team games and, and the women's national team games, too, I, I shouldn't uh, leave them out because the Fox also owns those World Cup rights right. as well. And, and they, they're happy with those. Those those do very well for them. Um, uh, then I, I can see Fox putting together a, a, a pretty significant bid. Um, and then uh, just, uh, I'm, I'm rambling now, but uh, ESPN has ESPN Plus, NBC has Peacock. Like at some point, like will MLS say like, we, we, we're okay going off TV and, ha- and putting big packages on streaming services is a question that they're, they're going to have to answer at some point too. Yeah, and I will be interested to see if you, the U.S. Soccer Federation agrees to bundle its TV rights for the U.S. men's and women's games, including qualifiers, um, with the ML, MLS rights, because they've done that for quite a while now, and it's been a pretty big help for MLS, you would say. It's been a great help for MLS, absolutely, yeah. Over, over the years. It, it has also made me wonder why the, the women's league rights, U.S. soccer hasn't done a, uh, a solid for the women's league with that, but that's uh, those rights are currently owned by, by CBS moving forward uh, for the NWSL. Um, one thing I talked about with Don Garber on the show recently was we talked about a potential merger down the road of MLS and the Mexican League, Liga MX. And he was like, this isn't something that's going to happen anytime soon, but maybe a few years down down the line. He didn't want to say it wouldn't happen. And there clearly seems to be some interest in Mexico in, in this potentially happening. And... Liga MX gets pretty good audiences on Spanish language television in the United States. Do you think a merger down the line of MLS and Liga MX might be what MLS needs to really break through on television? Yeah, the, the, those ratings uh, get, get they're great ratings. In, in fact, that, that that they got, I think that the Liga MX is the highest rated, uh, uh, including the the EPL in, oh, in, yeah. in uh, on US in the TV. US. Uh, and it's not even close. If you talk to uh, media executives uh, about MLS, um, you know they like it. They like MLS, uh, and one of the things about how can MLS grow, or what does it need to do to become sort of a, a more uh, sustained sport in the U.S. And, and they always talk about rivalries and creating rivalries. And I think that if you if you if you you talk about sort of merging or uh, those two leagues. The, the, there are definite rivalries that that that, that that'll uh, bu- bubble up from that, and I think that you know that's what will uh, uh, spawn fan interest. Uh, they they talk about getting younger players and and creating your own superstars, 
and uh, and rivalries. And I, I think that, you know, if, if something like that happens, yeah, I think that that would be great for MLS TV. But uh, n- nothing, I, nothing I've been reading or hearing suggests that that's going to happen for the next uh, round of TV rights, which I think, I, I think they're going to start doing on, uh, later this year. But the, the current deal goes through, uh, what is it, 2022, I think? I guess just to wrap up here, really appreciate you taking this much time. Um, you know, Spanish language television, we talked about it, whether it's Univision or Telemundo, still gets the biggest soccer audiences in the United States, whether they're for Liga MX, the Mexican men's national team or the UEFA Champions League, which Univision has. And with Champions League, it's interesting. You can literally see games for free in Spanish on Univision here that you have to pay to see in English on CBS and their Champions League coverage. How do you see those strategies working out? It's funny you ask that. It's sort of like it's pointing out something that's so obvious, but it's just the way it's always been done, right? <laughs> uh, I, I, I do know that... Um, you know the 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 problem is that Univision or Telemundo or some of these Spanish language uh, networks pay so much for those rights that that all of a sudden if ESPN says like oh we we want it for Deportes you know the the, the rights just kind of get up a, a little too much all of the U.S. Uh, well most of the U.S. Uh, broadcasters have a, a Spanish language. Um, you know, Fox Deportes or, uh, you know, uh, Telemundo is with NBC. Um, uh, and so I, I would I've always expected that they would sort of get together and sort of get all the rights together. I think the price tag, particularly for Champions League, just has always been sort of a little too much. And, and you have in Univision somebody that's just pushing that price even higher. That makes it a lot more difficult for uh, for, for one network to come in and, and grab all those rights. Gotcha. John Orand is a longtime media reporter for the Sports Business Journal. You can find him on Twitter at Orand underscore SBJ. That's O-U-R-A-N-D underscore SBJ. John, thanks so much for coming on the show. Grant, you're a legend, man. I'm happy to do it anytime. Thanks for listening to Football with Grant Wall. I'd like to thank John Orand as well as producer Chris Whittingham. I'm back soon with another interview of someone from the soccer world. Be safe, everyone. See you next time.